Hey guys, Don Myers here, and you are listening to Postgrad Radio. So instead of doing a welcome episode or a pilot episode, I'm just going to jump right into the first episode because I never really listened to the first uh, welcome episodes of other podcasts, so I'm not going to do that for this one. But let me give you a little bit about me. I'm a 22-year-old founder, business owner, college graduate, coffee lover, follower of Christ, extroverted introvert, multi-passionate, impulsive entrepreneur with a four-year degree in marketing from University of San Diego, but that's not so relevant most of the time. I wasn't valedictorian. I didn't graduate with honors. In fact, I walked across the stage without my stole because it fell off when I was getting out of my seat. So I really just graduated with an oversized black cloak and an ill-fitting cap. So upon graduation, I worked at a marketing agency for just about a month. And I realized I didn't want to settle right into a 9-to-5 out of college. It just wasn't for me. Sort of everything in me was pushing against that kind of lifestyle. So I took what I thought was a random kind of side hobby or a side job into my full-blown business, which is Ripped Denim, and that's with an H-R-H-I-P-P-E-D. But of course, that little side job has now turned into my own company, and you'll hear more about my story in the episode and in following episodes. So this leads me to present time as the founder and CEO of Rib Denim. It's been a crazy past few months, and I really don't know what I'm doing at all, but I'm learning along the way. And as a young entrepreneur with little experience, I felt like there really needs to be a podcast out there profiling other really, really cool businesses that are being founded by this new generation of entrepreneurs. And just to show people that there's other routes you can take besides going straight into the workforce and being a job seeker and instead reposition it and be a job provider for other people. So that kind of leads me to this podcast and I also thought that this was a random passion of mine but now I'm pursuing that. So I got the idea to start the podcast a couple months ago and I just saw so many of my friends running around with student debt and just boring jobs and I just became really motivated to share my own story and to just talk to badass people basically. So that really wasn't that much about myself but I don't really like talking about myself that much. I'd rather just get straight into this first episode which is with my friend Christina Everett and we went abroad together, and you'll hear all about it in the episode, but it was so much fun talking to her, and I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear it, and I think you might learn a thing or two. So, let's just get right into it. All right, you guys, I'm so excited. Our very first guest on the podcast today is Christina Everett. She is an entrepreneur and the mastermind behind the wildly successful bikini brand Sia Bikinis on Etsy. She sells out within a matter of minutes and has a total cult following and they're the freaking cutest bikinis I've ever seen. And we actually went abroad together, I think it was fall 2015, and um, it wasn't until I got back home that I fully realized the scope of her company and what she really did. 
So when I started my company, Rip Denim, a couple months ago, I totally um, looked up to her and her business model and everything, and I was so inspired by it. So when I decided to start the podcast, I immediately knew that I wanted to interview her. So here she is today. So welcome, and thank you so much for chatting with me. And how do you feel about being the first guest? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no pressure at all. (laughs) Seriously. Well, we're both in that together, so it's a first for both of us. Um, Thanks for having me. Of course. So I would love to know, just dive right in and know more about how and when you got started with Sia. And do you remember the moment you realized you really wanted to start this venture, that it was like a real thing? Oh, gosh. So the actual brand started my sophomore year of college. And it was right after I'd moved to Hawaii. And it's funny because when I started it, you know, I didn't even really have the intentions of it being the business that it's become. Um, You know, initially, it was just me having fun and, you know, screen printing my artwork and just kind of tapping into that creative side. And let's see. Gosh, I guess it was that summer after my sophomore year that I started sewing and making swimsuits. And, you know, that was all just for me personally and for my sisters and my close friends. And, you know, my sisters and friends kept asking for more and coming back for more. And I kind of realized like, hey, this this might be a thing, you know. And yeah, I totally. Um, so, you know, I put it online and just kind of put it out there, never with the intentions of, you know, building the next big bikini brand, but always just having fun with it and hoping for the best. And it's kind of turned into this thing that has a life of its own and it's awesome. (laughs) That's so awesome. And I can totally relate to your whole story. Like, because (laughs) my brand Rip Denim, I just, I mean, I've made jean shorts for years and I never thought it was I mean, if you asked me what I'd be doing 10 years ago, five years ago, I'd be like, I'd definitely not be making, like, denim shorts. Like, what the heck? You know, (laughs) I don't really think that these little side hobbies are, like, worthy of a career or anything. And so I would love to know, like, when did you first consider yourself an entrepreneur or a businesswoman? Because I know it took me a while to really, like, come to terms that I was an entrepreneur because I always think it's like, oh, like, Mark Zuckerberg or you know, big founders, they're entrepreneurs, but like, I'm not, you know? So when did you really like come into that role and realize that you are an entrepreneur? Oh gosh, I totally know that feeling. And it took me a long time too. I mean, there was a long time where people would ask me what I did and I would like skirt around it. And like, Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> me too. I still do that. Um, yeah. Just because it's, I don't know why I had such a hard time coming to terms with that, but it's, it's like when people say, oh, like you're a designer or you're an artist. I'm like, no, I'm definitely not one of those big things. Like this is just something that I do, you know? So I think that that was like a very weird transition for me to actually start claiming that title. And like, sometimes I totally still feel like I'm just being a big poser, you know, but (laughs) I'm learning as I go. But I would say, gosh, probably towards it was right after we'd studied abroad together. So I got back and before I left on that trip was when like the following really started picking up and when my orders were kind of getting overwhelming. And, you know, so going on that trip, I was like, all right, this is going to be a make it or break it thing. Like either I'm going to love having this time off and realize that I just want to have that as a hobby or I'm going to really miss doing that for my job and I'm going to want to come back and hit it hard. And I think after studying abroad and traveling abroad, I kind of realized that like this is what I want to do. So that's when I, you know, really buckled down and put all my energy towards making that kind of my full-time job. And I was still finishing up school at the time. Um, So 
you know, when I was not in class, I was working on this brand. And I think probably towards the end of my senior year of college. So that's a good two years after it had started. That's that's kind of when I decided like, okay, like this is what I'm doing. This is going to be my job. And, you know, I don't need a plan B when I graduate because this is what I'm going for. Oh my gosh. I love everything you said because <laughs> sometimes like, I mean, with all the grad parties and going on since I just graduated college as well, I told my parents, I was like, I don't want to have a grad party because my worst nightmare is having 50 adults be like, so what are you doing now? Like, what are you doing? And I would, and I like, you know, for the last month, I've kind of been skirting around it as well, just Mm because if I say what I'm really doing, like people, a lot of people just don't understand. So that's like kind of my next question is, do you still get sort of discouraged when you talk to people who don't really understand? Because I feel like a lot of people don't understand like these niche markets and like young entrepreneurs, they don't really take them seriously. So how do you kind of address people that don't understand or make you feel like, your business isn't legitimate? Oh, gosh, that's, that is such a hard question, because that totally does happen sometimes. And, you know, you get those people that will be like, Oh, yeah, that's cool. But like, what are you gonna do for real life? Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny, because I totally expected more of that. But the more I get out there, and I don't know if it's just our generation, or, you know, what it is. But when people ask me what I do, and I tell them kind of the background on my job, they get stoked. And that's so cool for me. I think that's one of like, the biggest unexpected rewards of doing all of this is that it is so unique. And it's, um, you know, it's pretty cool, I think, for people to hear that someone our our age is out there doing something they actually enjoy doing. And they're not just, you know, working a nine to five and paying the bills. And, you know, I think primarily everything has been really positive. And I was totally worried that I was going to have to deal with that all the time, you know, um, the criticism side of it. But for the most part, like people just get super excited about it, which is so awesome. And it makes me excited to talk about it, you know, after being so apprehensive. Oh, yeah. I finally feel like I can kind of share it and be proud of it. And I think the more excited you are about it, about your own brand, and the more, like, confident you are when you tell people, the more people will be like, oh, yeah, like, that's really cool. But if, like, I'm still getting to that place where I'm feeling confident about telling people because mm-hmm. I'm, like, such a sensitive person, if I tell someone <laughs> and they just kind of, like, laugh or they're just like, you know, like, what did you do today? And I'm like, well, I worked. And they, like, worked on what? And I'm like, you know what? Like, I actually have a lot to do, but I'm not gonna, like, it's not in a in a nine-to-five setting. So that's why a lot of people don't really see it as like, a legitimate, like, business, but oh, yeah. I love what you said about, like, young entrepreneurs, which is kind of, like, the theme of this podcast, yeah. so I was just listening to another podcast, and if, like, if you know it. me, I reference podcast all the time, I was like, oh, I just heard this on a podcast, like, it's crazy, but I was just li- listening to one with a lady named Jane, Jane Werwind, And she is an entrepreneur, and she was talking about how we need to start training um, people in general, but specifically women, to be uh, job providers and not job seekers. And so I thought that was really cool because I get so frustrated when I think about going to a four-year university like we both did and Uh coming out of that and being a job seeker, and they don't really teach you the skills to be an entrepreneur and and to pursue like a passion of yours and make it a career and I just feel so passionately about young people um not feeling the need to go get a nine-to-five straight out of college and then 
you know, wake up and they're 50 years old and be like, okay, what am I even doing with my life? Like, I don't even know what my hobbies are anymore. Like, that is such a passion of mine, and I can tell it's a passion of yours as well. Oh, totally. Um, And I think that, oh, I think that it's so easy to kind of get in that trap of thinking like, okay, I have my time for work and my time for my hobbies. And, you know, I think that it is so important to realize that, you know, your job, if you're working five days a week, that is a huge percentage of your life. And, you know, you might as well be spending that time doing something that you're enjoying because otherwise you will wake up when you're 50 and you've worked this job and you might have, you know, been successful in that area. But at the same time, is that worth five days a week for however many years? You know. Totally. Totally. So, yeah, that's something I'm totally passionate about as well. And, you know, I think on Semester at Sea, I was I was very passionate about finding – a way that I could kind of give back through my company. And I've tried a lot of things. Um, and I think, you know, what my parents tell me all the time is that one of the best things that you can do is provide jobs for people, you know? And and so I think that it, that's that's always been a huge inspiration for me too, is to grow to the point where, you know, I am able to maybe provide some awesome jobs for people and jobs that are creative and not exactly, you know, your standard job. Like my ideal scenario would be to just have like, the most amazing epic team to work with and have it be a really fun creative environment that people are excited about going to. You know, I think that there's definitely room in the marketplace now for businesses like that and people like to see that and support that. So it's pretty cool. That's really cool. And I think, I mean, just to kind of piggyback on that for me, I, I mean, we, we both of course love like fashion and clothing and design and stuff, but um, I know for myself, I love like just making the brand itself too. And I'm just really mm-hmm. excited to create a brand that does, you know, good for the world that like stands for something um, worth standing for sort of not just a brand that's trying to sell you something. And, you know, I feel like that's the way you can kind of make an impact too is, is having a brand where you're making a living and you have a career. Yeah, but you're also interjecting sort of like different values and things that you believe in too. And I think that that can be really powerful, especially for young people, because I feel like we get so (laughs) underestimated, like it drives me nuts. Oh, totally. Well, and that's what's so cool about having like a little bit of a following now is that I feel like I do kind of have a place where, you know, I can put my voice out there and yes, like the basis is bikinis and that's what everyone's there for. But at the same time, you know, I want it to be kind of um, an empowering brand and you know, I've I've always thought like that the fashion world was kind of silly, but now that I'm in it, it has so much influence and I love surf culture and I love the whole mindset of, you know, just just that entire field that it's such a great format for me to kind of put my ideas out there about that kind of stuff and to connect with other women that feel the same way I do and share the same passions and, you know, it's a good place to put those little uplifting messages out there and you know, kind of relate to girls your age. And if fashion is the medium, then I'm all for it, you know? (laughs) Oh, totally. And I actually think that your um, bikinis in in particular are really like that, that uh, side of the fashion industry can be really warped. And I feel like having a brand that's really body positive, like I know you're very body positive from what I've seen from your posts and whatnot. I feel like different bikini companies can really come off as, um, you know, like stereotyping women and stuff. And I feel like you kind of go against that. And I think that's really important as a bikini company in particular to kind of promote body positivity and stuff. And so that's really cool that you do that. 
Well, thanks. Yeah, that's always been so important to me. I think it's like that is hands down the most rewarding thing. I got an email from a woman today, and she's a mother, and she had messaged me a week or two ago that she'd received her bikinis in the mail and that she was too embarrassed to wear them outside of the house. And she placed another order, but, you know, was trying to make all these alterations to make them more conservative and to cover more of her body. And I got an email from her today saying, you know what? Scratch everything. Send me more of your original styles. Like, I am proud to wear these. I have accepted my body for what it is. Like, these make me feel good about myself. And, you know, getting emails like that is huge for me. Like, That's so cool. Yeah, it is the craziest thing. And not to mention that, you know, my customers are awesome, awesome enough to go out of their way and, you know, actually let me know that kind of stuff. But, like, that is the goal for me is that I want everyone to feel their absolute best because, you know, there's – I feel like we live in a kind of harsh world when it comes to body image right now. And, you know, if if there's anything that I can do to make women feel more confident about the way they look, then, you know, that is that is perfect for me. And I'm so happy to be able to do that. That is so cool. And actually, I got started listening to podcasts uh, months ago because of, like, body image issues that I was having. And so mm-hmm. I, I was finding podcasts that were all about, like, wellness and um, body positivity and stuff. I really just stumbled upon it. I wasn't even looking for the things that I was finding. But that's mm-hmm. sort of how I got started. And that's, you know, it opened up the whole door for having, like, really open conversation about that. And I didn't realize there was so much... um like negativity towards women and body image in the world until I started reading more about it and listening to it more. So that's like a huge thing for me now. And I'm so particular with like the content and the pictures that I put out there because I've been there, like I've, I've had body image issues. So I think that's definitely like a subject for me that I, that I um, take seriously. And I think so. Yeah, I think that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm the same way, you know, anything, health and wellness related. I just, for some reason, I latch onto it. I think it's so important, especially for young women. And I think that, you know, even more importantly, girls are having authentic conversations about it, which is huge. You know, if, if you, I don't know why it's so refreshing, but like, it is a great thing when like a girl that you think is absolutely gorgeous is like, Hey, you know what? There are days where I don't feel absolutely gorgeous. And you're like, you know what? Like, this is very normal. And you know, so much of it is internal, I think. And, you know, from the outside, no one sees that pretty much everyone is dealing with those issues on some level. So I think it's so important to put that out there, because just knowing that we're all kind of feeling that way, at one point or another, I mean, that's huge. And it makes it so much easier. Yes, totally. I love it. (laughs) Okay, so... Um, how would you describe your brand as a whole? And then what are some brands that you look up to or that kind of inspire you? Oh, okay. Um, so for my brand, I mean, it's always evolving. And I feel like there's always things I want to be doing to make it more exactly what I want it to be. But I would say like the biggest goal is just super laid back, bohemian, surfy, you know, stuff that, that when you're when you're on the beach and you see a girl like running out with her board like you're like yeah that, that is style right there yes. you know like, <laughs> I love that and that's like what had inspired me from the start you know was that I was living in a bikini and surfing probably five days a week when I was living in Hawaii and you know this was something that no matter how good of a surfer you are or whatever it it's fun to feel good and to feel stylish and it's just like such a 
such a cool outlet to kind of put your style out there when you're really not wearing very much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, that's definitely the beachy, you know, I was very inspired by my time in Hawaii and I always will be. Um, Yeah, so I would say for my brand, definitely surf culture has inspired me. And, you know, some of the brands I look up to, it's all across the board now because there's so many cool swimsuit brands out there. Um, But I would say you know, to get real old school. I've always loved Billabong just because it's the very, like, um, I don't know, very natural feel of it. It just seems like it's such a classic brand. It's got a great brand culture. Um, you know, same with, like, Element, which is another old school brand that I grew up with. But, you know, they did a great job of supporting women primarily and then also artists, um, which I think is so cool. And, you know, those brands definitely inspire me style-wise. And as far as, like, actual brand culture goes, I mean, anything, Tom Shoes and Charity Water and Feedbacks, like, those those are huge for me. And I always have those in the back of my mind that, you know, at some point my brand will have that side to it. And I'm just kind of feeling out where I will be able to do the most and, you know, the best good for something. So, but that's definitely always in the back of my mind is like, how can I turn this into something that does more than just make bikinis? You know, I want it, I want it to keep evolving and keep growing in that direction. That's so funny. I feel like the same exact way. I'm always like, (laughs) how, like, where can I take this both like stylistically and what else can I be making? But also like, how can I get more involved in like the causes that I'm passionate about and things like that? Because it's when you have your own like brand and company, I feel like there's a lot of responsibility and there's so much opportunity because now you have something to to like provide people with and you have a platform which is just crazy to think about because you created that yourself which is just so empowering itself (laughs) yeah no it's so exciting for me and I think that I did kind of stress myself out about that when I was first starting was like okay I need to do something big and I need it to do good for people and yeah you know I had all of these very very big goals and then I kind of realized you know I can't force that and I can't force a you know an organization or a foundation that will fit my brand, but I am totally putting that out there all the time, you know, and I think that as long as I keep kind of putting those, those feelers out there, like, hey, this is what I'm doing. And I, you know, I want to support keeping our oceans clean and environmental issues and, you know, body positive issues. And, you know, I think that when the right thing comes, I'm going to know that it's right. And that's always been you know, everything with my brand is that if it doesn't feel authentic and if it doesn't feel very natural, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to include that. This is the one space where I get to do exactly what I want to do, exactly how I want to do it. And I want to make sure it's right. I don't want to rush into anything. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So I actually want to back up for a second. Okay. And talk about your cult, like briefly, like your education and where you went to college and like kind of, cause I know you moved around from Hawaii to mm-hmm. Oregon. So can you just touch briefly like on your major and things like that. Oh yeah, totally. So I started off at the University of Oregon and I mean, that was awesome. My, a bunch of my family's gone there. Um, always been a huge duck fan. So Go that ducks. Was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and that was such a big college experience, you know, going to the football games and I was living with my older sister and a bunch of roommates and, you know, it was a blast and I loved it. But my family had been going to Hawaii like once or twice a year since I was two. So we got over there quite a bit. And after a year at school in Oregon, I was like, okay, I got to like at least 
get in some sunshine here. So, um, so my best friend and I actually went on an exchange to Hilo on the big island and we were only there for a semester. And when the end of that semester started rolling up, I mean, it flew by, but you know, the weeks were getting closer and we had our tickets booked home. And I remember talking to my mom on the phone and I was like, what if I just stayed here? Like, I love it here. And she was like, well, can you like, how hard is it to transfer? And you know, honestly, that thought had never crossed my mind just because it seemed so out of reach to me or, you know, I never imagined I would be living in Hawaii to go to school. Um, so I started looking into it and within about three weeks I had applied and then been accepted for the following term for fall term. So, so then it was set and I came home for that summer and that summer was when I, or let's see. Yeah. So then I came home for that summer and then started up again as a UH Hilo student. And so that was like crazy exciting for me. And then I kind of, kind of finally felt like I was on my own path as far as school goes. Um, and I had been a business major at U of O. I always was very intrigued by the idea of having my own business. I just had no idea that it would ever start so early or what field it would be in. So I was studying business there. And then once I got to Hilo, I was, I mean, my main goals changed from going to my business classes to learning how to surf and, <laughs> and you know, learning how to sew the coolest bikinis. So I, I decided that I would rather spend my business um, efforts on, on my actual brand than on the classes I was going to. And I remember like telling my parents this and they just rolled their eyes, but they were so supportive. <laughs> so they're like, all right, like you do you, it's your degree, you know? Um, so I switched to communication for my major, which everyone laughs at because <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we all know why. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, I totally get that. Yep. Yeah. So I, I did switch to communication once I got to Hawaii and it was the best decision ever because then I actually, you know, I was getting my degree and I was still working hard in my classes and I was able to have the time then to really focus on the stuff outside of school. And like, I think that was probably my most important lesson in college. And probably what I would tell everyone else is that those four years, like, yeah, the classes are important. I mean, if you're going to be a doctor, the classes are very important. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but, but like, if you're figuring out what you want to do, that's like a four year grace period to go live the life you want to live. And for me, that was living in Hawaii and giving this brand a shot and, you know, surfing and being in the sunshine. And then, you know, my senior year studying abroad on semester at sea. So, you know, I kind of took those four years as a, a time to learn in all aspects of my life, not just my degree, but, you know, I figured out what one of my favorite hobbies was, which was surfing. And I figured out that you know, I wanted to have this brand and all of that happened outside of my classes. I wasn't studying business when I was building my business, you know? <laughs> um, but I think that was so cool for me because I was always so intimidated by the idea of starting a business and by doing it on my own terms and starting very small and just keeping it very organic. I think that it took that intimidation factor away a little bit. And, you know, I just, I didn't see it as such a big, scary thing. I saw it as like, this is fun for me and I can do it at my own pace and no one's telling me what to do. Um, so I think that was like the coolest thing. And in the meantime, I got to take awesome communication classes and make a very cool group of friends through that. So yeah, definitely not the path I had intended for my college career to go, but 
I'm so happy it turned out that way. I think that is really cool, and I think that's a unique story because I don't think that a lot of college students look at college the, the way that you do because you know, they have the pressure of their parents or the money that they're going to invest and all the debt that comes with it. So I think a lot of college students, and I fell into this trap too, is like, get the best grades, like, look forward to the next internship, which will lead to a nine to five to pay Mm -hmm. back your student loans. And it's like, I mean, I've heard the phrase like the golden handcuffs, and I don't know if it applies to college or not, but it sounds like it would. It's just like you get so trapped into that cycle of thinking where college is just um, like the means to the end, and it's not really like an opportunity for you to grow personally. So I totally, I, I really wish that the education system was different, and this is something I've thought for quite some time. Is just mm-hmm. like the way we teach kids, even starting like in elementary school like we just don't teach them to be um like self self self-taught thinkers or or Mm -hmm. just to think for themselves and to learn skills that they want to learn and not focus so much on testing and did you read your assignment and things like that and I feel like same same with you I also learned the most during my college experience outside the classroom and I actually grew a lot just like emotionally as a person mm-hmm. than like any, I mean, I can't, I don't remember anything in accounting. I hated accounting. Like, you know <laughs> what you. I mean? Like it's, <laughs> there's so much that I learned that wasn't um, in the classroom, but I feel like college is still very valuable, but I just think that it could be done better. Like, you know, I feel like there are changes that we can make and I don't know what exactly, but that's, that's <laughs> definitely something that I'm really passionate about too. So No, I feel, I feel the same way. And I think that was what was so frustrating to me when I was, working towards my business degree was that I was taking these classes and, you know, they were talking about business 10 years ago. No one was talking about social media and, you know, we're filling out these Excel spreadsheets that mean absolutely nothing to me. And meanwhile, I'm like doodling on my notebook, wishing I could be somewhere else, you know, whereas business can be exciting. And I think it's like one of the most thrilling subjects ever. And maybe that just because I'm like kind of a nerd when it comes to it. But like, for some reason, the business courses that I was offered like it didn't resonate with me and I didn't get excited about it and it wasn't until you know I had started doing stuff on my own that I was like okay business is super cool and I like got that passion back for it but yeah it's crazy sometimes college kind of sucks the life out of things and you know it should be doing the opposite like it should be inspiring you and motivating you but I don't know it's definitely an interesting system that I think could use a lot of work yeah to be continued right (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, so back to your business, how do you plan on, like, expanding it, or do you plan on expanding it and growing? Like, how does the future look for you? That's such a huge question. I swear I ask myself that probably (laughs) every single day. (laughs) Um, no, but I think it's crazy because it's finally to the point where, you know, the expansion is very necessary, (laughs) and, and it's funny because you know, I started off with such humble little beginnings doing it for myself and friends, you know, so the idea of having a big brand has, like, of course, it sounds amazing. It's just never been one of those things that I actually thought I would be able to pull off, you know. So I think now that I'm dealing with those issues, like on the one hand, it's, it's so exciting and rewarding. And on the other hand, I'm like, I am not ready for this. You know, (laughs) I'm a 23 year old girl who did not go to business school or fashion school. And here I am trying to start a business based around fashion, you know, like a lot of it doesn't, it doesn't, 
you know, add up in that sense. But I think that, you know, I would love to see it grow organically and I have taken steps to doing so. I've, you know, put some feelers out there and I've been talking to other seamstresses just because I think that if I continue sewing at the rate I'm sewing right now, my hands will like fall off by the time I'm 30. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's been a first step for me. And, you know, that's crazy hard because a lot of the women I'm talking to are, you know, quite a bit older than I am. And to put myself in kind of that position of of managing someone else's time, especially someone that, you know, normally would kind of have more authority, like, that's a very weird spot to be in, especially since I'm not very confrontational at all. <laughs> so, so that's been really hard, but also really re- rewarding. And I think that, you know, it's that it's that idea of being able to give a job to someone and I'm not I'm not there yet, but I'm, you know, in the works of doing that. And then, you know, I have some close friends that have been awesome about helping me out and just doing stuff on the side. And my mom has been amazing. She's not a seamstress either. But, you know, any chance that she can get to help, she'll come over and do whatever she can for me. So, you know, keeping it very small, I think that if I try to do anything too big too fast, I get very overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, you know, sometimes you have to push yourself. And so I've been really trying to push myself and trying to kind of make that leap so that I can keep growing it because, you know, it's, it is the most important thing to me right now is making this something that people stay excited about. And, you know, I want them to be satisfied and I don't want them to be waiting months for their orders anymore. You know, like I I think it's to the point where I feel like I owe that to my customers and I owe that to, to everyone really to make sure that the brand keeps growing in a way that's kind of sustainable. So so yeah, that's been a huge challenge, but it's definitely something I'm like in the midst of working on right now. No, I think I think that's a really cool way to talk about like growth in your company mm-hmm. is to do it more for the customers, like how you said they deserve to have their orders <laughs> sooner instead of someone saying, I want to grow my company so I can be a millionaire. Like I feel like a lot <laughs> a lot of people who want to be entrepreneurs or want to start a business they want to grow the company for ulterior motives and not for the customers. So I think that's cool to have that mindset. Like it'll grow organically, but also it needs to grow at a pace where the customers are going to be happy. So I think, I mean, that's a hard thing to balance for sure, but I think that's a cool way to look at, at the growth. And it's so exciting too. Like, I mean, you're, you're much um, more developed than, than my brand, but it's really cool to see. I feel like our beginnings are so similar. Like I didn't realize how similar, like, you started um, yours with just a hobby and something on the side, and same with me. So it's just really cool to hear, like, h- how yours evolved. I think that's yes, it's just really totally. inspiring. And I think that's so important for people to hear, too. You know, especially people that are creative that, like, hey, you can take yourself a little more seriously. You know, yeah. like, if you love something, like, you just got to go for it. And people, obviously, at first might not be that stoked on it or think that it has legs to really grow. But, you know, if you're into what you're doing, it's, it's something's going to come of it, you know, and I think that people can tell when something is authentic and when someone is really passionate about what they're doing and not just that someone's trying to make a lot of money, you know, with this. Oh, new yeah. It's like, I think that people really stand behind that and support it. And that helps so much in itself just knowing that there are people that are supportive of very very small beginnings (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah and even just like going on instagram 
and you just see all these people who just buy followers and I didn't realize that until recently how many people like will buy likes and buy followers and I'm just like that is so like that's just it that sucks like why oh. why do people do that you it's know so crazy I had no idea about that either I mean the whole it's crazy I think it's a game the Instagram thing it that is. I'm like so out of touch on because <laughs> You know, I mean, like, I definitely know there's, like, systems where you can, like, upload things automatically and, like, comment. And, like, it is this whole world that I don't want anything to do with. And it's hard not to get in that trap, you know, to be like, oh, I need, I need to have this many followers. I need to be, like, this company. But, you know, when it comes down to it, like, at least from my end of things, that can be very intimidating when I think about taking on that game and trying to keep up with those head Instagram players. Um, and then I kind of realized, you know, that's not what I'm here for. And you know, I think there's a lot that goes on behind the things or behind the scenes that's not on Instagram, you know, just between customer interaction and the stuff that I see on my end. And like, that has to be enough for me. Because if I go on the Instagram world, like no way can I compare myself to the bikini brands out there that have, you know, hundreds of 1000s of followers and all these famous people and models wearing their products. Like, that's amazing. And I would love that. But at the same time, you know, to try to to try to keep up with that or to to compare where I'm at with where that is at is it can be so overwhelming. So I just kind of try to to turn that off sometimes, even though it is very hard when you're on there all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so easy to get sucked in. And I'm sure yeah. it's the same with you. But when I get an email from someone who's like, oh, my gosh, they fit perfectly, like, mm-hmm. or just a, like a message on Instagram of someone like, oh, my gosh, I love my new bikini or I love my new pair of yes. shorts. That is so much more meaningful to me than like getting 10 new followers who just are there just to follow you know what I mean like it's oh yeah it's way more rewarding to hear like the testimonials of real people I think so too I mean that is hands down the coolest thing and on Etsy they do this cool thing where you can leave you know product reviews or shop reviews and like if I get one of those, it seriously makes my day. And I don't know if people realize that I actually read every single one of those and it will, like, make or break me. <laughs> but, but, like, if people leave positive feedback on there, they don't realize how important that is for a small business and how, you know, significant that can be just to receive that that positive affirmation that, like, hey, things are going well. People are still liking this. Like, you know, that's so important sometimes. Oh, it's so, so, so important. Yeah, it's very cool. And I love that, especially, you know, young girls that they take the time to do that because, you know, it's like a nice little boost every now and then and everyone needs that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And it's so easy to get removed on on the web and just social media and things. I don't think a lot of people realize the impact they have. And there's like real people on the other side. And yeah, just with this whole Internet age and you know, the disconnection between face-to-face contact, I think people don't, they don't realize, like, what an impact you can have on someone when you leave something nice or negative, you know? yeah. (laughs) I know. It's, like, totally converted me. Now, anytime, because I buy a lot from, you know, other smaller brands and local brands just because I I love to support that kind of thing. And so anytime I do, I am, like, hands down the person writing, like, the paragraph-long review detailing how much I love what I got and, you know, what's good about it because I know that that is so important for growing businesses. And, you know, one good review could be a reason why someone decides to buy something from them. And 
I think that's so cool. And if we have the ability to kind of lift up other smaller brands like that, you know, it's kind of our responsibility. At least that's the way I feel. Yeah. No, I feel the same exact way. <laughs> that's so cool. I love I, – I mean, I love hearing your story as well. I think it's awesome and it's such a fun world to kind of get involved in. I know. It's a totally different world. Like, <laughs> And I mean, like, I didn't really get – you know, get into my field of business thinking really much about what I was even doing or being an entrepreneur, being like young, like I just kind of played it day by day, but it's Mm -hmm. sort of, and same with you, like just evolved into something where now we represent like this whole new generation of um, young people who are kind of off just doing their own thing, despite, you know, what a lot of people say is the right path. So I think it's cool to just like you know, organically come into that. Oh, I think so too. And it's like the most rewarding thing when you do take on something that may seem a little bit impractical and then it actually starts working for you. You know, I think that's awesome. And, and it's so validating to at last be like, okay, like, see, these are, this is actually coming from all of these efforts when, you know, people were questioning it and, and it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And, you know, I think that that is the coolest feeling is just to know like, hey, here it's working and, you know, why not try to do something you love? Because if you think about it, like that's how all brands got started was with someone just really going after what they what they loved and staying true to their style. You know, so why not us? Why not, you know, any girl or or young guy, and you know, that is excited about something? Why not try to make it as big and as awesome as it could possibly be? Okay, so that totally reminds me of, it's, I don't even know if it's a quote, but I've heard it like five times in the last month, I swear, but it it goes along the lines of like, uh, the only difference between you and someone who's doing what you love is the fact that they're doing it. It's, Uh it's, it's something like that, but it's basically like when people, when you look up to other people who are doing something, it's just because they're doing it and you're not. And so that's like what inspired me to even start this podcast is like, well, I, I love listening to them and I've always wanted to start one, but I just didn't because I was like, well, I'm not good enough and I don't have a good enough story to share and how am I going to find people and are people even going to listen? And it's like, you know what? The only difference is that they're doing it and I'm just freaking sitting here listening. So I'm like, I'm just going to do it. Exactly. And that's always the hardest part. I mean, like, seriously, the, the hardest part is just getting started and, you know, taking yourself seriously and, I'm all about faking it till you make it. Like, yes. <laughs> and it's funny because once, if you kind of start out that way, you know, if you fake the confidence about what you're doing, like eventually it starts feeling natural and you get good at it and, and it's not faking it anymore because you are confident. And I think that everyone kind of needs that nudge sometimes that, you know, if you know, it's something you really want, sometimes you have to put yourself out there a little bit and you, you have to pretend that you're already, you know, the the coolest bikini designer or or shorts maker or podcast producer you know like it's of course your first one or your first hundred are not going to be to the standard of the people you're listening to or buying from every day but the fact that you're putting yourself out there and every single time you do it you get a little closer to that and you know it's it's a process it's not going to happen overnight yeah, and if you don't try, then it's definitely not going to happen. So exactly. If you don't try, then it's never going to happen. Then you're going to look back and be like, man, remember when I was in my 20s and I had all this opportunity and I didn't go for it because I was scared? That, that is my worst nightmare. That is <laughs> – I lose sleep thinking about that, I swear. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, um, 
it's definitely, yeah, just start moving. That's, that is step one. All right. So what is one lesson that you've learned um, throughout creating your brand and your product? Just like something that's, um, it can be anything, just something you've learned along the way <laughs> that you think is valuable. Oh gosh, so many things. Okay. Going off of off of the entrepreneurial um, spin that we kind of have talked about, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that, I mean, hands down, I love my job and and I I wouldn't trade it for anything. But I think the biggest misconception with people, young people wanting to be entrepreneurs is that if if you're doing something you love, it's not going to be work or you're not going to, you know, have stress or anxiety or be up till 2 a.m. or, you know, just because you're not working a nine to five doesn't mean that you wake up every day and you are so excited to to go to work because there are some days where it is really hard and it's still a job and you still have to make sacrifices for it. And I think that that's what causes a lot of entrepreneurs to give up is that it's not instantly the funnest thing in the world and it's not always the funnest thing in the world. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you have to... You have to take that step back and look big picture. And, you know, every single time that will that will remind you of exactly why you're doing what you're doing. But I think, you know, the best piece of advice that I would give is that you you have to be passionate about it because it's going to be something that you think about it from the second you wake up till the second you fall asleep. And it doesn't matter if you're on vacation or if you're hanging out with friends, you know, it's when it's your company, it is all the time. And so it's got to be something you're passionate about. And, you know, it's got to be something that you're comfortable just kind of being in the realm of constantly. And, you know, that's going to be good times and that's going to be bad times. But, um, you know, I think that's, that's a huge part of being an entrepreneur is that you can look at the big picture. And if the big picture is you're doing something you love, you're excited about work most days, you know, and, and you're, and you're happy doing it, then, then you're set in the stress and the anxiety and, you know, the hard times, like that's, that's called having a job. <laughs> oh yeah. And I would, you know? I would and, argue that being an entrepreneur, I mean, you work way hard. I mean, you could make it so much easier on yourself to go work a nine to five. I swear some days I'm like, <laughs> I mean, if you want to just have an easy, an easy job, an easy life, just go get a nine to five. <laughs> And that, and it'll be the easiest thing you ever do because if you have your own brand, your own product, it's like, it's 24-7, like you said. I mean, yesterday I I had to bring my computer and my camera and my everything to my friend's house and they're all swimming in the pool and I'm sitting in the house trying to get the best Wi-Fi so I can keep working. <laughs> like, it's so yes. hard, you know? Oh, it's crazy. And like, I mean, that's been the biggest thing for me is like learning to have a very good on and off switch. Because yeah, I need to work be, on that. It can be so all-consuming. And... I mean, if you let it get to that point, you will go crazy. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, just knowing from the start, like, this is not going to be something you can step away from at 5 o'clock. You know, things will always come up, and there's going to be times where, you know, you're going to have to make sacrifices you don't want to make. But there's also going to be times when you have so much freedom because you're not doing the 9 to 5. You know, that, like, maybe you stay up till 3 in the morning, but that's because you want to go camping with your friends the next day. Like, it's, it's so nice to have that flexibility. Oh, yeah, I love it. So, <laughs> kind of going off that, what does, like, a typical day look like for you as a self-employed business owner? Kind of what, like, roughly what does that look like for you? <laughs> it's been, it's definitely evolved in the past year. You know, when I was still in school, 
I, I very much had this as a, a part-time gig. And now that it's, that it's my full-time job, I've definitely kind of had to step up and treat it as a full-time job. And, you know, I, I'm a very early riser. So I usually wake up, you know, 6.30 to 7. If it's like a good day, I'll sleep in until 8.30 and I'm stuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, um, so I'll wake up early. I usually do the the coffee and hang out for a good 10 minutes to just kind of get get in a good mindset. And, you know, whether that's scrolling through Pinterest or reading a book for a little bit or sometimes checking emails if I'm feeling ambitious and just ready to dive right into it. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, wake up, kind of get woken up a little bit, and then I work from home, which is awesome. So, well, it's a blessing and a curse, but most right? of the time. Right, yeah, <laughs> I totally get that. I definitely get that. <laughs> so then I will kind of get started on it, and, you know, typically I like to just bust out the physical sewing, like making of the bikini bikinis early in the day because then I can kind of hit that quota and then everything on top of that from like ordering supplies and contacting customers back and shipping out things, you know, that's like my afternoon stuff because that's kind of when my brain is a little less focused. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically wake up early, work until, you know, one, one or two and usually take a little break for lunch or get outside and go on a walk or go to yoga, just something to kind of get my brain out of, out of work mode. And then I'll usually come back and work again until about five. Um, so, it, you know, even though I don't have a nine to five, in a sense, it kind of feels like a nine to five most days. Um, and I think that I almost have to treat it that way. Because if I think every morning, like, oh, I can wake up and do whatever I want to do today. And I can work whenever I want. Like, in theory, that's great. But I also know myself. And I know that I would get zero done. Yep, I know. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a typical work day. And that's usually... Usually six days a week I'll try to do that. I'll try to give myself one day every weekend where I just absolutely turn it off and don't do anything. Um, Which is hard to do. I think that's really hard. Oh, it's so hard. And, you know, it rarely does it happen where I actually don't end up doing anything. But it's nice to kind of, like, have that freedom of waking up at least, you know, one day a week and thinking, okay, today I don't have to get up and get right to sewing. You know, I can... I can go on a walk first, and then if I don't feel like I don't have to do it. And, you know, I think it's so important to kind of take that mental break because I'm such the person that if I have a to-do list, like, I just want to get it all done. And, you know, I think I've kind of realized that it's at the point where that's very impractical and probably very bad for my mental health (laughs) if I try to do that. Oh, my gosh, yes. (laughs) I used to have – man, this was years ago, but I did this thing where I would turn my phone off and actually, I wouldn't use any technology every Sunday. Oh, and wow. And after, like, the first couple weeks, I started to really like it. And it's totally, it's the weirdest thing ever. You'll you'll just go drive around, go get coffee with no phone. And it's so weird, but it's so liberating. And I need to start doing it again. But it's, it's the hardest thing. Like, I swear we have addictions to our phones and our laptops because it is so hard for me to put it down for even, like, an hour. But it's definitely much needed. Oh, yeah. It's so refreshing. I mean, it was crazy. This past weekend, um, so I took two days off and I went to the coast and we did like a little surf camping trip. And me and the guy that I had gone with, we forgot phone chargers. So within like, you know, 30 minutes of being yeah. in the way to the coast, neither of us had phones for the entire weekend. And um, 
it was the coolest thing. Right? It's so cool. <laughs> it was, um, you know, at first we we're like, shoot, like, do we need to like pull over and buy a car charger? <laughs> and we realized how stupid that was. And so we just spent the week or the weekend, you know, doing things like surfing and sitting around the campfire and talking and and it was the best feeling on Monday because as silly as it sounds like it's exciting to get back to that you know it's exciting for me to pull up my phone and get back to working on business stuff because I'd had the break from it yeah I really realized how important that was to take the break so that it does stay exciting and fresh because a lot of what I do is via social media and you know on Etsy so it's all online and it's so important to kind of take a step back from that every now and then so that it stays exciting and that it doesn't feel daunting to always be on Instagram. <laughs> it's yeah. a black hole. Sometimes I'm on someone's oh. page and I'm like, how did I get here? What day is it? Like, right? who am I? <laughs> it's so funny. I know there will be days where I like don't think I have time to go on like a 30 minute walk or something. And then I think about those three times that for 10 minutes I got lost in the Instagram hole. <laughs> like, okay, there was my 30 minute walk. <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You know? <laughs> oh my gosh, I know that all too well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dangerous game. Uh, okay, so last question. So what is one tip that you would have for young people in general or young people who want to pursue a, their own venture as an entrepreneur um, and they feel like they have a passion or an interest uh, but they are kind of hesitant to pursue it. So what would be like a one tip you would give them? Ooh, okay. One tip I would say if there's, I think that everyone's kind of caught up in this mindset of, okay, I have to find my passion and then I have to make a career on it. Yeah. And, and you know, that is, obviously we see all these people doing things they love and that looks like that's what's happening there. But I think that my piece of advice is, you know, have a lot of passions. For me, like, of course, I love making bikinis, and that is a huge passion of mine, but I also don't think I was put on this planet solely to make bikinis. You know, I am passionate about surfing and cooking and, you know, being social and, also, like, there's so many things that that I could pursue, and this was just one of my passions that, you know, I ended up loving investing time in, and I think that's maybe my tip is to find something that even when you're not working, you're still drawn to it. You know, when I'm not sewing orders, I'm sewing things for myself and I'm, you know, designing things for myself and I I love surf culture. So I'm always looking through, you know, that kind of stuff and I surround myself with it in a lot of ways. And I think that is maybe the biggest tip is that it doesn't have to be like, oh, I have this one passion that is knocking me over the head and I need to do something with it. It's like, hey, this is something I really enjoy doing. And you know, I can put a lot of time and energy towards it while having these other passions. And, you know, it's not like there's going to be this big light bulb that goes off and, you know, flashes like, hey, this is your passion. You need to do this and you'll make money off of it. Like, no, that's that's not how it happens. It's it's giving all of your passions room to grow and then realizing maybe which ones actually have the potential to go somewhere bigger. I think what you said, like everyone in the whole world needs to hear that because <laughs> I was in that same hole where throughout college, me and my friends would be like, oh, well, we'll just, I, I know I want to start a business. I just don't know what. Like that, mm -hmm. and that was my thing for so long. I was like, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. I just need to find what to do. Like, I just don't know yes. what to do. 
And then I saw, or I heard this quote a while back that was, it said, don't, um, or like how to find your passion is just pursue a bunch of curiosities, like stay curious. And then like, you'll find a bunch of things you're passionate about. And I think for me, if I pigeonhole myself and say like, oh, I just, you know, make denim shorts or I just work with denim, I, that freaks me out because that's not like who I am 100%. Like, yes, yes, I love, I love what I do and I love creating my brain and my business. But if I get in my own head and I think that's all that I'm worth, then I start freaking out and I'm like, no, you know, I, that's not all that I like to do. Like, I like to do other stuff and I also love to cook and I love like fitness and I love mm-hmm. podcasts, obviously. And I love like, I'm just now finding out all these other things that I like to, and I love just like drinking coffee. Like, that's a passion to be honest yeah. with you. Like, no, I love that. I feel the exact same way. <laughs> like, no passion is too small. And I think that's super super important just to know that no passion is too small and just to entertain all of them. And I don't think that, um, society really allows people to explore their passions without being judged all the time. I think that that's such an important thing is like, you know, if people were really honest about what they're passionate about, I think they'd be surprised, but I Mm -hmm. think we're just too scared to even tell people because they think it's stupid, you know, like, I I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree with you on that. And I I think that it's hard in a lot of ways for people to realize, like, you know, we we see these people that are out doing things they're passionate about. And, you know, we think, oh, those are passionate people. They have some, they found something, you know. But, no, everyone is a passionate person. Everyone has that capacity. You know, look at what you do on your days off. That's what you're passionate about. Like, easy. You know, and I think that we just don't give ourselves enough credibility and we don't put a lot of stake in that or a lot of stock in that, that, that what we enjoy doing is very valid. And the fact that it is unique from what everyone else is doing, like makes it even more exciting. And, you know, it doesn't matter how big or how small it is. Like everyone has things they love. No one can deny that. (laughs) Oh yeah. And I think, I mean, I've had a lot of people tell me, and I'm sure this has happened to you a bunch is just say, you're so lucky to find something you're passionate about. You're so lucky to like have a business on what you're passionate about. And it's like, well, first of all, I tried so many things before this. Like I, I mean, I had like a fitness blog. I had, I tried to like start a YouTube channel. I only did like two videos, but anyway, like I tried so many different things before when things started to stick. So it's like, oh yeah, if you don't try, then you're not going to know, but you sort of have to try like a bunch of random stuff before you'll really know. And it narrows down too. I mean, to be totally honest with you, when Sia Bikini started, it was before it was ever bikinis, it was CEA and it said for Christina Everett artwork. And I was making screen printed apparel, you know, and I was selling it in local shops, like t-shirts and stuff. And I was painting Tom's shoes. And, you know, there were so many other little creative outlets that I was, you know, I feel like they all kind of brought me one step closer to what I'm doing. But, you know, there were so many things where like, in my mind, I totally wanted to be an artist and I totally wanted to be a professional baker. And, you know, there's so many things that I definitely have gone for and have put myself out there for, and not all of them have worked out, you know? So in the sense of being lucky that I found my passion, I feel very lucky that something finally worked. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a better way to put it. You know, at at the same time, I feel like a lot of it is not luck and it's, you know, it's, all kind of stepping stones that you've taken to get you to the point where you're actually ready for something to work. Yeah. 
I could yeah. not I could not agree more. <laughs> I think that a lot of people need to especially people our age, I think they need to realize that you're not going to find it right away. I mean, most people don't find it right away, but it's, I mean, it's, you got to enjoy the journey too. And and I think that's hard for me to do is just like sit down and be like, okay, I'm, I don't regret any of the decisions I've made. They've led me to here and just kind of embrace like my story and my journey. And I think that's, it's just cool. Yes, totally. And, you know, think about all of the big brands that you love. Like how fun is it when you hear about where they started and how they got to where they are, you know? And, like, that's what we're doing, essentially, as as starting out entrepreneurs. Like, these are those years that hopefully we'll look back at and, like, laugh at and be able to talk about. And, you know, everyone needs those years of growth. And I don't think there's anything to be ashamed about by being in the growth phase. You know, I, I don't – it would be great if you could wake up one day and have made it. But, <laughs> but that's not usually how it happens. It's not usually overnight. And I think that – there is so much fun to be had and, you know, so much creativity to be, to be explored as you're growing that why would you ever want to rush that? Yeah, exactly. I love that. <laughs> okay, so how can we find you on social media and stay up to date with um, your shop openings? When does it open, by the way, next? Do you know exactly <laughs> when so that people can... <laughs> an exact date. I haven't released an exact date yet, but it will be, it will be this July. And um, it will be probably closer to the end of the month, maybe roughly around the 20th, but don't hold me to that. Okay, we won't. <laughs> yeah, um, but that will that will be the shop reopen. And um, in the meantime, I mean, I'm still, still busting out orders from the last time around. So I'll be posting those on my Instagram just to kind of help people get excited about what they want to, what they want to purchase next time around and get ideas. Um, and that is on my Instagram account, Sia Bikinis underscore. <laughs> okay, and that's C E A, so yep. everyone knows C E A. C E A Bikinis underscore. <laughs> cool, and then of course on Etsy too. Yes, of course on Etsy. You can always search Sia Bikinis on there, and it will say the shop is on vacation like ninety percent of the time. But I swear I'm not on vacation. I'm really working my butt off. <laughs> Just send her a nice comment or something. (laughs) I know. Like, can we please not say it's a vacation because it is quite the opposite. (laughs) Is there like another thing you can put or can you just put vacation? Just vacation. No way. Okay. You got to change that up, man. That's not cool. (laughs) It looks like it's all good times, but I promise I'm doing things. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny, actually. I know. <laughs> okay, well, Christina, thank you so much for coming oh, on. I love what you do, what you create, and just my personal connection to your story, and I am I hope a lot of people can also relate to it. I'm sure they can. So I can't wait to see where you take Sia, and I know that people listening are super inspired by not only your personality, but your talent. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I love that I get to be on your show. I mean... I'm a podcast junkie like you, so this is so cool for me. I was like, yes, <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> Yay. Okay, well, we'll have to do a follow-up then. Oh, I would love that. Um, yeah, and congrats on all your stuff, too. It sounds, you know, like... like We're getting there. We're getting there. We're, get- <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> and you know what? I am totally okay with that. If I am in the process of getting there for a long time, it is a fun process to be a part of, so... Yeah, there you go. I love it. <laughs> well, I thank love it. you. All right. Bye, girl. Bye. 
you guys, that was the end of episode one. Super excited. I feel like that went pretty well, right? It, it could have gone a lot worse, that's for sure. So be sure to subscribe if you want to be cool like that and or leave a review. And yeah, thanks for listening and I will catch you in the next episode, which I have yet to figure out. So I got to get cracking. See ya.